days ago sick that's holy uh, crap season two episode or season two last episode season two finale yeah wait but that's not like the first time you've seen it or have you not seen the return yet because he's seen it all i've seen it him. i've seen it all i've seen okay, it all so don't it. don't worry about about spoiling yeah. Or or spoilers. Actually, I'll just I'll just preface this whole thing by saying, if you haven't seen Twin Peaks, it's possible that yeah, shit will get spoiled record- for you on this, on this podcast. We yeah. are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hit the record button, so we just fired it up. So we got that spoiler warning out of the way. <laughs> spoiler spoiler warning about Twin Peaks. First off, if you haven't seen it yet, like what the fuck is the shame on you? This is your best last chance. More about the return, though, you know, like a lot of people haven't probably got a chance to watch the return yet. And you got to get around to that, you know, but to me, that's that was so monumental. Still three years, man. Yeah. OK. It's been a little. OK. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a few years. Uh, so when I when I was in Seattle last fall and I was Airbnb being with Cam, I, I'm like, hey, man, you ever heard, you know, I was telling him about Twin Peaks and all this shit. And so I, I, he'd never seen any of it. Like, he has no idea what any of it is. I would put Cam on <laughs> not having seen fucking anything, <laughs> not having listened to anything. anything yeah. You know what I mean? You would just like, Beatles? Out, never heard of him. You'd just throw out, like, anything, and I would put him on, like, oh, uh, no. No, he's just a meatball that watches a ton of sports, <laughs> which is fine but he has no culture so i'm like well let's get this motherfucker <laughs> some culture so i show him season two finale as the opening like he oh, any two weeks before i'm like i'm gonna throw you right in the deep end dude holy crap that's a tough one because <laughs> they're tying that's... together all the through lines that have been set up for for episodes and episodes and episodes i know i was giving him some pointers but i also wanted to exp- experience it at its most like visceral weirdness right with the like the Garambosia, like all the stuff that really freaked me out. I wanted him to just, you know. Oh man, the, you the did him dirty. Lights. That's not the way to go. No, the I, strobe I, I lights on Laura. You <laughs> like movies? You like movies that just put on fire walk with me? And like, yeah, fuck yeah me. man, yeah. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. not a bad place. Yeah. It's first chronologically, uh, you can always go with season one, episode one. <laughs> the pilot is excellent. Yeah, the pilot holds up, man. Does. We used to rent the pilot on VHS. It was just like a movie. It just holds up like a movie. Right. You'd rent. Yeah, because it's double length, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's like a full length. Sanders, how do you feel about the... So season two gets a lot of criticism, of course, because that's when Lynch stepped away from the project for a while. And you can tell yeah. that it kind of slipped from his hands. Like you look at the credits and it's pretty much a different director and writer per episode. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that period? You know the stuff with like James running away and like fixing that woman's car. Oh, I, mean, I love all that stuff. I mean, that's where it gets really kind of kooky and and kind of gonzo. And this is what to me is Twin Peaks because it's just you can't explain why it's weird. It just is, right? And the thing is, they would like fell back on their actors. There's so many good like B movie actors that that got involved in, in you know '89 with with Lynch when they started the project. They were all people like from the industry that you know wanted to work with them. So they are like so many just off the wall awesome actors that you. And that's why you know Twin Peaks is so fun with all the connections you make when you watch stuff. And, like when you watch RoboCop and you see like two actors from Twin Peaks, you know, 
that was a that was two years before. Um, a lot a lot of these really fun movies, you know, a lot of actors came out of these, and and so just let them just be weird and go off and just have these crazy tangents, you know, and actors come and go and <laughs> characters come and go. It's just so funny to just like not have any like not understand why is this exist? Like why is this actor yep. and this character even here now? And what what you know? And then they're gone, and you're just like, what? What was you know? And it's just like that's me, it's hilarious. Like that's Lynchian. Yeah, some Billy of the Zane lines, is the pilot. <laughs> yeah, Billy Zane's crazy. I think if you had to throw out. Ben Horn's Civil War. If Ben Horn's Civil War never happened, <laughs> like how how depressing would that be? So. No, that's I I think that is a is a really strong period for that character because it is um it it shows his redemption I guess once yeah. he once he fights that battle and plays out this fantasy he kind of wakes up a new man and and resolves to to. Do good, well, I guess. I love all the one eye jack stuff. That's all season two. That was to me like when you're when you're like you got you got Dale and you know and you got the sheriff and they're just like on these little adventures and they're going and doing undercover shit and stuff. And it's like that's like the show I want to watch, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of deep like kind of uncovering that whole web, that whole crime syndicate that was all taking place beneath the surface and is happening concurrent with you know, the search for Bob and, and wanting to figure out Laura's murder is this, you know, uh, this gambit for the, um, for the mine or no, 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 sorry. The, the mill and, and ghostwood estates and yeah, all that shit. Yeah. I figured that's what you would say, Sanders. I figured you would be like, cause when I was, wa- cause when I was watching it this time around, it was my second time watching mm-hmm. season two. I thought when I started season two, like, you know, there's probably like three or four episodes that I can skip. Yeah, but bad can be good because it's so bad, you know. That's but honestly, I, I I did. I liked it more than I thought I would, man. I was like, you know what? There actually is some value. You're just more invested in the world. So, like, even if the storylines don't go anywhere, go anywhere, it's a little bit more world building and like deep character building that maybe has a payoff later or like helps. I don't know. Inform something yeah. else later. Yeah, three had a ton of characters that just came and went, and you just couldn't figure out what was the purpose you know mm-hmm. it, was, it was even with the usage of doppelgangers and you know even the multiple dales and everything it was just like you were always like what is these it's just totally crazy like that where just a couple of characters would just appear and you wouldn't see them again you know something yeah, that helped me uh something that something that helped me kind of grasp like the the tone shift, especially in season two, was watching season one. There's this TV show that's always on called Invitation to Love, and sometimes the events of Invitation to Love, which is like this super syrupy soap opera, would mirror the events of what was happening in the show. Yeah, yeah. like um, like this guy Chet in the show gets shot, and then uh, Leo or someone like gets shot right after, and I'm like, oh he's actually saying like this show is supposed to be a soap opera sometimes. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously. And watching some of these actors performances from like a very technical level, they are doing these, um, these kind of soap moves where they're acting like on the line. Like they're like Leland Palmer does this, especially he's like so good at like, he'll be, he'll have like one specific intention with this one line. And then he'll like, make this 90 degree shift to this, to this other thing. I don't know. I think it was, I was like, Oh, okay. There actually are supposed to be soap opera moments and that's fine. Like the the over the, the, the melodrama, like melodrama as a, as a, as a genre is, is like applicable here, which is, yeah, go ahead. Well, that's part of what made it such a like genre bending series. It had a little bit of mystery, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of soap opera. Like you said, a little bit of melodrama, a little bit of humor. A little bit of country. A little bit of country. A little bit of rock and roll. <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll. Exactly. Um, yeah, but that's what's uh, that's what's been occupying it's a decent amount of my quarantine time. You see all those different you know, genres and such, but it really has its roots in horror films and B-movies and exploitation films. Where you have David Lynch coming from, yes, we have all the actors and Mark Ross, the writer. It's uh, it's pretty crazy when you go back and see some of the connections again, like uh, in some in a lot of B movies in the eighties. Uh, there's one really one of my favorites I discovered recently is uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Three. It's uh, one of my 
favorite underrated series, but you have Laura Herring who played in um Mulholland Drive. Uh, and then you have and you have Ben Horn, the actor who played Ben Horn. He was this old actor, he was in a bunch of old shit. He was in like um Bridge Too Far, he was a private in that. Um and then you had um the guy who played Leo. <laughs> Yeah, had all these guys, all three in one movie, and this was like a year before Twin Peaks, and uh, just seeing them all together in its different roles, and it's, it's a cool movie too. It's totally off the wall. It's the same anytime you see like Grace Bariski pop up a new thing, right? Like the connections, uh, you know, in Seinfeld when she played like, um, you know, who is it that like George's fiance that died and her parents? You know, she played her parents. Um, in Seinfeld, she was hilarious, but she's in a bunch of. Oh like, sure, what? Susan. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She dies from licking all the envelopes to the wedding. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She's hilarious. Seinfeld <laughs> is Susan's mom, dude. She's so hilarious. And it, and if you go back to these old Roger Corman movies, she's like the lead captain in the galaxy. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. It's just she's so good. So so you know, funny. You go back to like season two, you know, and some of these actresses are just so awesome. You just always will watch more of these characters no matter what. So. They can go off in these crazy things and just say, I'll just, I'll watch, you know, like Shelly or any, any of these characters. You just, you want to hang out with as much as you want. So they did a great job of like, yeah, we can just like have a whole season of like bullshit tangents. <laughs> yeah. I like, I love how you're able to connect the dots and know like what projects these actors were involved in before they went like, like the kind of wells that Lynch was, was pulling from. Yeah. At the time, and, of course, and the big one be too Jack Nance from all the David Lynch films, and the guy who right. played Eastherhead. I mean, you just want to watch Jack Nance anytime in Twin Peaks. He's hilarious. He always has one the of his character. One eye is always like way more open than the <laughs> other. <laughs> like, how do you do that? How do you walk around with like one bulging eye? <laughs> he was a genius. He was he's still great in like Blue Velvet, and I mean all the films he's, he appeared in. Uh, he was funny and really good. I love the idea of like an artistic community. I love it when directors have like people who they love to work with, you know, sure. Scorsese and De Niro or, you know, who, whoever else where it's like, I know, I know that this person can get the job done. And even on like a, like a smaller level, like, I don't know, players who play together, musicians who make music together. I like it when people get together and form a community because like everybody pushes everybody else up. Yeah. And just from a creation standpoint, you just get so much like shortcuts doing that, like shorthand or like, I know this guy's process or I know he, he, you know, these guys and I divide up labor in a certain way, or, you know, there's just so much more efficiency with that model. Yeah. Like you and I have played a lot of games together and I feel like we get, we can move through a game very quickly. There's a lot of shorthand. Like there's not, there's like, there's sometimes not a lot of talking. You know what I mean? That's not necessary. It'll just be like, you win. I win. Yeah. But at no point is any credit ever given to any of the gameplay. It's just like, oh, you drew X and I didn't. I drew Y and you didn't. Yeah. It's never like, oh yeah, good job. Oh, well played. (laughs) You know, we should probably transition to a, 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 give something of a, of an opening statement here. Uh, this is uh, PitCast uh, in quarantine edition, live from our various homes spread across Chicago. Um, Matt Moss right here in Logan Square, uh, Carter Petre in the uh, southern part of Logan Square, Bob in the heart of the city, and Sanders uh, joining us from the south side for the first time. So uh, shout out to the colonel. Yeah, Pretty welcome, cool. man. Yeah, yeah, we've been board. To, yeah, yeah, we've been trying to get him on here for his deep, deep knowledge of the horror and occult uh influences not to mention the lords of the pit <laughs> well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's an it old should, timer it should Shout be stated that the thralls and, and lords out there because yeah we <laughs> yeah you guys are holding it down fucking badass yeah it should be said that sanders is certainly an an og and a consummate uh black mage as, a, as comes as no surprise. I'm a black belt and shitty black decks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll tell, I probably told the story, but I'll tell it anyways. And Sanders, you'll remember it from old school players ball this past year where you had, um, I sideboarded in those hypnotic specters and you brought in, I think spirit links and you put 
I had two hippies in play and Sanders had spirit linked both of them, but they still deal the damage to him. And then the life gain goes on the stack. So I'm still taking two cards per turn and he's not, you know, he's not losing any life, but pretty soon his hands empty. Yeah, that def- was, I think that they broke me on spirit link. I haven't used it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you were playing what? Jizzams and spirit link and singer vampires. And I was trying to, always, you know, I'd, Try and jam a couple with like two or three swords, you know, three swords and two spirit links. I mean, yeah, and you know, four swords and zero spirit links. How about that? Fucking shit. Well, yeah, I mean, you <laughs> really want access to those disenchants, and the, the spirit links are kind of the, the secondary technology there. I'm totally with you, though. It's like, if you're if you're gonna play if you're playing like a creature based deck, it's like instead of four swords, you do three swords, one spirit link. Like, what could possibly go wrong, right? He wow. slaps it on a hippie and loses. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, what goes on is you, you need to deal with something and you put a spirit link and it just gets disenchanted and that thing just kills you. Yeah, uh, that too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it gives you a target. You know, like like sometimes your opponent just doesn't even have anything to disenchant. So you're sitting there with like three of them, <laughs> and you're like, oh, here's a spirit link to burn one of your disenchants on. Thanks yeah. a lot. But think of the upside if you're playing against like a burn deck. You spirit link that Jusum one attack, the game is yours. I know, man. It's softly so, tempting. It's a big yeah. swing. Very tempting with the Jusum. But you also two for ones, you're fucking Jusums all day, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sp- See, that's spoken like a true Jusum player. Three, yeah. three for Whereas, one. You'll dark rid you'll dark rid them out and spirit link them trying, you know, go all day and <laughs> uh, whose fault whose fault is that? You you overcommitted. You know, gotta take your licks. Land Lotus net four on your next upkeep. <laughs> if you can do it, you're gonna do it. You know, you're absolutely. Go. Did you? Uh, how did Jism's work for you at Old School Ball last summer? I didn't. Oh, did I play him last summer? I don't think I did. I played. I thought you did. You had no. black and white. I thought you had the Jism's in there. My last Old School uh, Players Ball deck, I played like four singer vampires and like a flyer. Oh build. shit! Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you had moats. Yeah, I was trying to play. I played two modes and I played some arenas. And I was just playing, trying to do some fuckery with, uh, you know, capturing things in the arena with Singer Vampire. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So that for the sh- first time in Magic history, Singer Vampire would get a counter? Because I still don't I think it's ever happened. Well, no, I accomplished my objective. I had an actual play that was really it was really sweet. Uh, I was facing down a Serendib and a Sarah Angel. And I had one singer vampire in play and it didn't see my arena. Just it was sitting there in a pile of crap. And it was like, Oh, arena. I'll activate that. Took out the Serendib, got the counter, took out the, uh, turned or untapped. Next one swung in, did the same thing with the, uh, eight, the Sarah and just ended up swinging with like a six, six singer vampire. It's pretty sweet. That's as good as it gets right there. Yeah. I because mean, you don't have dream. to, you don't have to tap the creature for the arena effect. Correct. No. It's just the arena taps and yeah, then the two creatures fight. Yeah, so you, you do it, you eat the guy, and then you can swing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That's really sweet. I wish that's how tracker worked. I wish tracker didn't tap. You could just like green, green and, and attack and make him fight someone. That'd yeah. be sick. Or put damage on the stack. Damage on the stack with tracker would be sick. Yeah. Tracker's yeah, you awesome could, with, he uh, let you double block basically. You could block, put damage on, and then fight so that you could kill like a four toughness thing. I don't know. But damage on the stack with Triskelion would be really fucked up. I think I think damage on the stack in old school with Triskelion would make the card. I think it would make it the best creature. It's already super good. It's already really, really good. And you'd have to restrict the creature know. you can cast. Yeah. In old school. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Because <laughs> force, force of nature being the best creature in a vacuum. Although, frankly speaking, it, it doesn't fly right. So, like as a as a four four, it's already among the biggest ground pounders there are. Anyways, Jism, you know, all due respect to Jism, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. The the problem with them is for your opponent is always that like no matter what, if you don't counter it, you're going to take three to the face or, or lose three across on the board. You know, and yeah. So it's just like. You, even dealing with him, you're still going to lose that. Like, you still lose. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the only, like, true two-for-one creature. Yeah, it's like a true lose-lose. It's like, oh, he hits the board? Even if I deal with him, dude, it's like, still two three to the face. Yeah, he gets my Black Knight or gets my Order or my Hippie or whatever. 
Okay. So, um, one of the things that we wanted to get you in here to talk about is we know that you love a deal. (laughs) Um, so one thing that we wanted to discuss, and maybe this is just base speculation or whatever, but, um, you know, we are, we're in incredible times. Um, a lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, Will the price of old school cards be affected by everything that's going on? Are old school cards a luxury item that people won't be uh, buying anymore? Are the prices going to tank and then more people will buy stuff out? What do you think? um, What's like some, I don't know, like a one-on-one assessment of the situation? It's a great time to buy old school cards. That's for sure. Just so many people are trying to sell and, and just like anything, you have way more sellers than you have buyers right now. So price goes down. Um, yeah. yeah we're, I, I think that for like anytime we have uh, these kinds of ups and downs, especially like big downturns, you've seen just like only the highest like power cards kind of regain, retain some like real value. Everything else could just like drop off to like, really unprecedented lows like we're talking like 2000s i think like you know back to like 70 dollar abysses oh that's a bold statement uh that would be quite a bit of burn off in terms of i think for an italian you're already seeing like 200 for really nice italians that would that, that you did not even think about few months ago yeah people right. were buying them for 600 man that's, that's an insane amount of money i think i think uh it's not only is it gonna be staples uh seeing a drop off but it's 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 everything beyond staples the the other rares of these sets that don't see play as often those yeah. are really going going to tank uh, yeah uh, really bad so, yeah you know so your i think jewels um, jewels and prejudices and your yeah um exactly. if if a yeah Exactly. That's that's the first stuff. Really All the cute stuff that's not really playable. That's the yeah. first thing. The, the stuff that have been just hoarded or speculated on yeah. that don't really have the uh, playability. That stuff's going to get wiped out first, and then you know, staples that are maybe printed at a high, uh, a lower rarity, and then on from there, reserve list, and then you know, things like duels. I think I think duels have held held their price so far by you know a larger margin than some of the other cards, but everything's going to take a hit. Everything's going to go down. You know, people aren't going to be putting money into it like they would be otherwise. It's you know uncertain times. You know, so I think I think it's going to be with uh, consistent with any kind of investing at yeah. this moment. I think, you know, to put it in perspective, I mean, it really wasn't that long ago that we were looking at, you know, much completely different kind of price, price you know, levels. Like, man, what was it? 2000 and I would say 2010, I sold a uh, play set of Volcanic Islands for 50 bucks a piece. They're all minty. And it was a good deal at the time. Now you're talking about, okay, yep. a minty $50 Volcanic Island? Is that just, it sounds preposterous, but like, mm-hmm. I clearly remember, <laughs> like, this is like the correct value of, Volca- of a Volcanic Island. You know? It's all a matter of perspective, man. It's just like, you just can't tell. I think right now I would be buying because it's just, you, you, you're getting some nice, you're getting some really nice deals and uh, we just really don't know. I know a bunch of people around our, you know, neck of the woods that are trying to pick up some of these play sets or pieces that have they felt they missed out on yeah before more recent you know price uh, increases so things like a juzam or uh you know bazaars or things like that that maybe you need four of price has been out of reach now there's sort of at least a reset to previous yeah. point in time yeah it can be like amazon stock because you know it, 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 it crashed with everything else and we had a good time to buy stuff but now we're at all-time highs again so, oh yeah amazon if, if you got an opportunity to buy into some like do some gins man now might be just perfect uh, that's what I would amen 
just for my conscience, I must say Dom is going to hate every moment of this discussion and uh, just turn on, turn off the podcast now, Dom. <laughs> Dom's probably got the meat sweats as we speak. <laughs> Dab is sitting in his you know beautiful apartment eating filet mignon, <laughs> drinking drinking amaro, and he and he's shaking his head about talking about money. Man, these guys. He's but like these fucking muppets. If, if you stop and think about like what drive what's been driving the value of old school cards, a lot of it is the scene. Um and the need to actually have specific prints of specific, you know, from specific editions. And so you're going to see obviously a, a certainly a, a short term, if not medium or possibly long term disruption amongst magic events. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. The and so you're, you're going to drive down the demand to need some of these cards anyways. Oh, big time. Uh, but, but even looking beyond, like, say, the four to six month term, it's like, if if there's a lot of people hurting for, and, and this gets to what Carter said about a uh, luxury item, but like, you know, if people are like hurting for, for work or hurting for expendable income, or they just, they get to a situation where it's like, well, you know, it's been six, eight months since I did a magic event thing. And I've just, my, my interests have changed. Like I'm now doing, I'm into doing this other thing now because I was forced to do it and I got really into it. I don't know. You can, Oh yeah. Any, any leisure activity, any indoor hobby you do in your house. Yeah. uh, uh, It runs risk of taking over the uh, leisure time you would have spent doing magic or events and things like that. So yeah, I think we're definitely going to see some erosion in terms of the interest of the the player base and the the player base and the, yeah, of, of the old school scene. I think, I think it's uh, definitely possible because this is a social activity and the, uh, uh, feelings or nostalgia you get from playing on a webcam it's just nowhere near uh what the real experience is like right it's wild. not it's it's not tactile like in our lords events that we've been events quote unquote that we've been doing right. on webcam we're doing full proxy legal and yeah so what cards do you need for that that's going to push down nothing pro- like prices too you know and the, the gaming experience is pretty substandard it's really just a social call you know i mean i enjoy them for the catching up with people you know shit talking and all that stuff the actual gameplay uh secondary is is, is not that great even at its best it's just kind of low quality um i do ag- I, I i i really do agree with that it's um it it really doesn't compare to to playing in person, which might no. be like a controversial take. I'm sure there's some people for whom so. like most of their old school experience is online, and like that's totally valid. But for someone who's you know had had the real thing, it yeah, I don't know, it's tough. So I yeah. I, I was I was giving thought to like um then like the collector's edition market, right? So those, the only reason that was pumped up in the first place is because people needed a budget version of cards that they could use in person at these events. And they really have no other utility other than that. So it's like, those are the things that I think could really crater. Um, not, you yeah, know, outside of the power and the duels. Yeah. I, I totally think you're right. That could absolutely go down, yeah. you know, Multiples of tens of percents. <laughs> tens yeah. of percents. It sounds like our listener base going down. <laughs> tens. That's generous. <laughs> They're falling by the tens. Now there's just ten. We went from the dozens to the tens. <laughs> well, I don't know. I would encourage people. Like, I mean, you don't have to be in a social scene, you know, to really like keep all your stuff, right? I mean, we, we right. still my archivists. I love to, to keep like a collection that I know I'm going to hand down. Right. Obviously. Like, <laughs> oh, you're in well, that's like, where Sanders player base comes from. No, no, no. Yeah. I got three. I got one more on the way. I got three kids. Oh my god. Congratulations. My own scene here. Exactly. I, I didn't hear the good news. That's exciting. Table until I'm dead, man. I'm gonna be that's breaking news. All right, well, congrats on that, dude. That's yeah, great. That's man. great news. Yeah, uh you started me young over there. 
on the uh, in the south side. Sand, That's good. Sand is just like, man, I'm going to build my own scene here. Nine months someone's, at a time. Someone's That's how he really grinds out his wins, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, side. Okay, well, while we got Sanders face to face to shit talk about, I'll, I'll throw out. You know, he would put together these sick brews and post about it in the chat room, and then, but he's like tested against his kids and then bring him bring him bar meetups to get annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we put them when against the grizzly bear, they don't really. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know, man. I've been testing this thing; it's working really good. Credit where credits due, though. Sanders, Sanders has some sick ones. <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. thought me dead? Suck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't we uh, why don't we segue? Why don't we steer this ship to the uh, to the eternal chaos? Oh yeah. So uh, this aka how Brandon rattled the entire old school community over the course yeah. of the week. And and yeah. there's some there's some other Sandersian takes on the format too that we might uh, we might address yeah. too. Yeah, man. I got all the packs, man. I got a nice collection of packs going. I love the idea. I think it's. I think it's amazing. Well, when, we, when we played it, explain, so set, set it up for us if you would. Explain how what it is and how you came up with the idea. Well, I came. I came up with the idea because I thought that the um, the basic idea of scrines was a little bit. I liked it, but I thought it was just a little bit, um, like, it, I think to choose like the cards that you can play with is a little like like. You know, I don't like the idea of just like an authority out there or like a, a council of of people, and they're gonna like you know they just all decide together. I know we I know we all do that with the restricted lists and such, but um, I just to me it was kind of like a troll idea of like um, what would you do instead then? And then I was just well, how about any fucking card? You know, like any card, period. You know, if you're gonna choose that, I can have these 13 cards or whatever the fuck it is, and <laughs> just fucking say any fucking card. Ever yeah. Do you want to spice up old school, right? Is, is the yeah, format looking a little stale? Put any card into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only you have to open it from a pack, so good luck with those Legends packs. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, well, actually, my first idea is why not just construct a 15-card sideboard from, like, any card imagine like you know with like a yeah, vintage yeah. ruling or something you know it'd be cool <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you know and then i also got a bunch of packs i think from my sister for like my birthday and i looked at them i was like oh what can i do with these two and two came together there you go <laughs> yeah so this is so eternal chaos essentially is playing a match of old school magic but actually this isn't even necessarily a match no, it, but no, it, while it, you're playing against magic. someone you're cracking booster packs and at, from any set and adding cards from that booster pack to your deck directly. The booster pack is your sideboard, right? So you, it's, you, you can have, you have a perfectly good 60 card deck, but you can strategize with from like a certain set or some modern set. Five colors. You can buy. Yeah. yeah, five colors obviously is, is what would dominate our format, Eternal Chaos. Format. And, um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it also depends on what each person opens too. Like yeah. one person could open like some insane bombs, like planeswalkers or whatever. Okay, and somebody else could uh, could open like well, absolute horseshit. It's and great. that's why it's fun as fuck because like the you, you, the opponent, you have no idea what's gonna come. Like you can just the, the opponent plays an insane bell. It's like what the hell is this? You know, and it's from like a pack of M to whatever at fucking Walmart. You know. Yeah. He has planes walker. <laughs> so Bob, do you we, remember we our match at the oh, airport? I, oh, I do remember. Absolutely. We had an insane ma- uh, match at the airport, and I was playing. I had the o- the only deck I had put together was the Stasis deck, but I just so happened to open like a Sarah Angel type card. It was like a flyer with vigilance, so it actually <laughs> got to go in the deck. And I think I used Lotus to cast it on the first turn. You did, yeah. Um, it was an it was an awful card. It was like a four three with flying and vigilance and maybe yeah. uh, lifelink too or something like that. So it just dies to any lightning bolt. So terrible. Um, but I played st- stasis the next turn and we had this like super like down to the wire game. I think I cast regrowth on the angel too. And yes, you did. Back again. Yeah. It was so uh-huh. dope. That was that was really something. It was absolutely 
putrid. Well, it was I mean, awesome. you know, I, mean, I love Magic, but like, I don't have any time for the new game or all these sets, you know? It's like you miss years of sets, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I love it even though it's stupid. It's like the second season of Twin Peaks, right? Warts <laughs> <laughs> and all. That's it's, a good point. That's a good through line. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I had I had built a five color deck that was sort of geared towards opening uh, opening bombs from these random packs. I tried to metagame it. It's five color Atog with uh, Sylvans and all sorts of grid shit. And then Carter rolls me with uh, uncommon Sarah Angel type creature from War of the Spark, and yeah. there's nothing I could do. It was, it was, it made for a truly unique magic experience. I will, I will say that it was very, very yeah. fun. It was, it was fun. It was exciting. And, uh, well, I, and there was another one. I, we played a bunch in, in the Pescadero trip. Uh, we, I brought a whole pa- bunch of War of the Sparks packs. I opened, uh, the four mana Jace Planeswalker it was pretty sick. So I think someone conceded when I cast that one, <laughs> one game. <laughs> Perfect. I think if if you can just game game your 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 normal old school deck and you you're jamming like a bunch of duels or you got four cities at least, you know, it's just something you can do on the side with your same pile. Yeah, I I just took my deck and made it I added City of Brass and Felwar Stones to it and just that was it. Felwar Stones, yeah, there you go. I like the idea of playing it for pretty much a whole evening and transforming what would normally be like a recognizable old school deck into the this revolting looking thing that would be with fun. like um you know you've got unlimited dual lands and then these awful like flimsy cards from the from the newer set. Oh my god. Well, I have like a bunch of Fallen Empires boosters, right? And like, but what reason do I have to open them? Like that's nonsense. You know, so, you know it's also I had just to burn them. Firewood. Really old school to me, you know, just to give a reason to just open packs that shouldn't be you're, you're gonna try to open a fifth hymn to Turok. Okay, maybe not Fallen Empires at all. That's like a blue spiked shell from Mario Kart. That's like something you give to somebody else. <laughs> like when they three O you, you say, "Okay, well, your next pack is Fallen Empire." <laughs> yeah, good luck with the salad. <laughs> now, now we're on the first like yeah variation of Original Chaos. <laughs> One we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, Oh yeah, you pick the pack that. for your opponent. That, that's an interesting <laughs> uh, twist. The, the pack in the shot with the contract I, below. We'll just jam it all together now. I have a question, Brandon. Uh, so when you you worked with me to make the first promo poster for Here this format, <laughs> and it had, you're like, oh, I want a chaos orb with these packs squirting out of its mouth. And, uh, it just <laughs> oh, it's squirt. squirting. <laughs> squirting out. That's what he said. He said, he said squirt. I, I remember that distinctly. <laughs> so uh, you said squirt the packs out of the mouth. And I, at that point, He's a big rubber ball. Exactly. And um, at that point, how much testing had you done in the format? Because I know you 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 announced it. (laughs) Very excited. How much testing had been done at that point? No testing. Okay. (laughs) Just just clarifying. Okay. And uh, so the for those of you that don't know, the poster. Poster was put out there on the and you put it up on Facebook in the magic. Well, I told Bob to make it punk rock. I was like, I want, I want, I want it to be punk rock because this is like, oh, yeah. Because when you look at Bob, you think this dude's a punk, <laughs> he knows. Punk. I've, I've been, I've been to hardcore too. shows, I've been to punk shows. You know, <laughs> he was actually on point with that. I know, and I also know the aesthetic, but so there was a re a, 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 a Extreme reaction on the part of some Christians oh. because a cross was upset, and we- which I thought was weird because I specifically said I want swastikas, not cross. <laughs> <laughs> fucking crosses, really? Bob, like, Bob it down, Bobby. The Nazis were very <laughs> religious, so I I get that. Uh, so so they wouldn't have been upset with swastikas, but okay. And and how, what was your uh, take on the fallout from poster country? Poster gate, was the yeah, eternal eternal chaos gate. Um, well, we hadn't even started yet. It wasn't even like a thing. It's very you know, much like the internet. 
Yeah, I, I think it's funny though because like it reminded me of old school magic when we were kids, right? When the teachers were like mad that it had satanic symbols and shit. Right. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. That, you're that teacher. Like that's awesome. Like you can be still in the spirit with us where we were kids and you're the fucking mad teacher. So I guess the the, the people, the Christians that got upset had what never seen on holy strength before the original art or they were probably on board when fourth edition came out and they, they took out those evil symbols and they're like, now this game is okay. okay what, were, what were all the cards that were cut between revised and fourth edition for like censorship, either cut or altered? No, I'm obviously unholy strength, but there no, was a bunch of others. Demonic tutor. Tutor. Dark pact. Demonic attorney. Demonic Attorney, uh, Earthbind came out because it was was taken out because it was considered risque. Earthbind was, yeah, that's a hot card. That's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Demonic Hordes. All the good demon stuff. I like the idea of, like, it actually is so old school for there always to be, like, that teacher who tries to get you in trouble for something that you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's fucking perfect. And sure enough, it would be Sanders who uh, who, who gets in trouble. Sanders riling up the squares. Yeah, no, no, no surprise there. It was so harmless, too. It's like, come on, there's so much iconography and bullshit and magic and people aren't upset about that i think but. they were just playing the role man it mm-hmm. was uh it's always meant to be there always has to be the teacher they're yeah. playing the face and we're playing the heel yeah definitely little did they know that four months later the whole world order would be upended and we'd all be sequestered and dealing with real problems and not worried about what the fuck somebody put on a poster for a non format <laughs> format iteration of a dead child's card game from 25 years ago. <laughs> which, wait what child died Huh? You said dead child card game. Uh, I, I, no, <laughs> no, a dead, a dead children's card game. No, he's talking about the childhood in all of us that has since yeah, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was. Well, it's been a long month. It's been a long month. Yeah, Sanders. You also famously said that uh, we could unrestrict uh, Wheel of Fortune. Do you mm-hmm. still stand by that claim? Man. I Jacob really proved a really nice point to me when he balled me with fucking, um, you know, like five color winds of change uh, deck. Oops. Well, did that was that one tested before it was rolled out? <laughs> I think that one was the same. No, it wasn't. The point. We did the chilies. That yeah, was yeah, the chilies. I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember playing against that deck a few different times, and, and it just really drove the point home that, like, my, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> drawing cards is good now the worst part about this whole thing is that you gave Jacob the opportunity to be proven right about something which is just the absolute worst case scenario I think that's the most we can ask right like well if you're going to maintain a restricted list like you know sometimes you just like show us why you know I don't know hey it was a perfect it was a perfect trial run for a Chili's meetup showing up <laughs> with the deck including uh, cards that are supposed to be restricted not restricted is like one of jaco's things so you know he's yeah. he's always testing the uh the fan the list or the revised list by stealing games from you when like at the bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, oh, he's like oh by the way i'm playing with four minds desire <laughs> i was just gonna say minds desire like yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that was like, oh, that, by the way. There's windfall in this deck. I was like, yeah. "What?" and then lost the next turn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, justification. But you know, question authority. Think for yourself. Uh, you know, I don't if there's mean, a card that's restricted. Alan, Alan's been on the trying to defend. Who was he trying to defend against for Manadrain? Who was trying to say we should test out? Oh yeah, some well, of there was there was some talk about Bill was it on that too. Yeah, yeah. I think that that one died quick. So don't don't bother buying extra managers. Alan and I were talking about you know, he was talking to me a lot about the scene with four Manadrain, and he seemed to recall um, quite vividly what it was like. I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, that <laughs> was another time. I think that was before message boards and Twitter and whatever got else has popped up since then. So all the information is out. Uh, this format is way solved, and there's not going to be four. Man- yeah, I think that I, I think the point that was was that was trying to be made is that Mandarin actually does something different than Counterspell. Um, oh, un, no doubt. 
No but doubt it's better. It's yeah, <laughs> well, it does something different. It does. Well, well right, the, the point is, is that you don't just put counterspell. I, I don't think you put mana drain in every counterspell deck, I think was the point that was trying to be made. I, I will. I I will no, you got to give him more credit than that because he, you know, you got to get the scene more credit. You know, we want to act like we have it all figured out, but like they also kind of figured out they were playing JMD tomes off their poor mana drains all fucking day long. You know, no doubt. And, and these guys. It's just a different. It's just a different meta. It's just everybody's playing four fucking mana drains, jamming that shit, and it's just. It, Wait, where's it this at? Who's playing four mana drains? Back in the day in Tennessee, oh, okay. we're talking about Allen. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was the Wild Wild West back then. Uh, you know when you could just make up. Uh, you know the rules so, worked so however you interpreted them. Are, so Italian mana drains are pretty cheap right now. Test them out. Are they okay? Well, there you go. Don't tell Jacob. Oh, well, once Ch- once Chili's reopens, we can uh, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> head back out. Yeah, the pr- the proving ground for all these. Well, they're still playing four mandrains and vintage, right? So you can. They're still good. It's still good buy, right? You know what? Why don't we just Why don't we just get some mandrains together? We'll meet out in the parking lot of the Chili's to go, and uh, order some food out to the car and. Stay six jam, feet away from yeah, each other. Jam a game from six feet away. You'll have to you'll have to yell at me about what card you just played or whatever. Man, it's coming back. Don't worry, Bob. It's all gonna be back tonight. You're gonna open it up? You're gonna open it up, Brandon? You're gonna open it up tomorrow? Wait, when should they open up the uh economy? <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> uh I think in I think May May first. They should just put it May out. First, okay. Today is April fourteenth. So All right. Well, statement. shit. That's statement. All right. Well, excellent. thank you, Mr. President. We're gonna get this economy no, open. They, they won't do that. Rare to go, Bob. We're gonna get Carter back to work. We're gonna do it. We're That'd be good. We're I've already played way too much Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, literally no. dug an old laptop out of my closet that had the game Oblivion on cd-rom like install because uh, i thought like i haven't touched this computer in like a million years i think i still have that awesome video game on it still so i dug it out and sure enough in the cd-rom drive was oblivion and have proceeded to fire it up and play oh, video man. games like what's a your character what's yeah, your okay. character i'm playing like a thief like a khajiit like a cat person oh, yeah. a yeah, thief yeah. there you go sneaking around and stealing stuff Why oh not? God, doesn't get better than that. Anyway, Moss, Moss, what are you playing right now? Uh, well, I, I think before you sign in, I was talking with Sanders a little bit about this, but I'm playing Battlefront Two, uh, but I'm not doing like the massive. You know, I'm not like battling twelve year olds <laughs> online. I'm I'm doing the story. That's the what story. Jacob's doing. That's, that's yeah. what I'm doing with Jacob. Yeah, I'm doing the <laughs> storyline mode, and then when I'm done with that, I'm going to play Jedi Fallen Order. So I've just got to finish the story. I'm about halfway. Oh yeah. Uh, Battlefront Two arc, and then I'll move on to Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, they don't right. they don't tie together, but I'm just working my way through. And then when I'm done with that, I want to get the uh, aforementioned uh, Final Fantasy VII that you're working on. Yes, that's what I'm playing. It's awesome, yeah. very good. And Brandon, and you're playing Castlevania. I'm I'm playing my uh, fucking puzzles, man. Oh yeah, puzzles. I saw you got some pretty sick puzzles in the mail. Puzzles too high to do anything else. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the original video game. How do you puzzles? Sanders, how do you keep <laughs> how do you keep your cats from tearing up your puzzles, man? Uh we have I keep the cats we have uh, upstairs and downstairs, so all yeah. the puzzles are downstairs. Oh nice. Separate. So you just okay. keep them away, okay. Keep them separated. Yeah, we're able to separate nicely. We have yard outside, inside, downstairs. Yeah. Three floors. Yeah. I wish I had a yard. That would be pretty nice right now. Yeah, it's been a savior there. Been a lot of fun, especially with those kids. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're about to lose it because we want to get a hot tub. So we're waiting for all this shit to wrap up so we can get a hot tub and put in. Me too, man. Me too. I'm waiting for that hot tub. Sanders, like, I don't give a fuck about our quarantine. I'll just hang out in my palace surrounded by toys and hot tubs. Yeah, I'm going to watch a a B movie every night and. Yeah, I'm going to get a projector out there. Clean some old Star Wars toys off and. Live the good life. Hey, we should touch on the. Uh, we need to wrap up the quarantine cup thing because uh, that yes. that finished in between our last two eps. Yeah, congrats to the to evil Mish. MR. The the evil MR won the <laughs> quarantine cup. Patron saint of ballers. Yeah, self proclaimed. 
The evil MR out oh, in the house of Pioneer. Anybody got any play by play for the uh, for that? Pioneer? For the quarantine cup. Oh, uh, well, we don't have any video per se, but uh, all the all the matches were web stream. It was four rounds of old school and then four rounds of middle school. Myth being the only 8 0 player. Oh, yeah. He, he needed to lose one match, scrub. one match, and I would have won. God damn won? it. How did you figure that, that you would have won on breakers? Because by because the only person I lost to was the was the person with the highest record. Oh, you, Myth beat you? I, yeah, I, the only person I lost to was Myth, right? So oh, I didn't know Myth that. Myth loses to yeah. like someone like you who went, I don't know, two and six or whatever. Um, who, are you talking to Bob? The... the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> then I then I steal it from him. But big ups to him. He didn't drop a fucking match to uh to take the belt. And yeah. so I come in second place, which is Well so what was Myth on? He played um he actually played two really sweet decks. In old, old school. school, he played Titania's Song. Yeah. Uh with Armageddon's. And in middle school, he played Rexer, which I think was the it might have been the most represented deck in the in the tournament, there were lots of survival yeah. variants that people were playing because you see survival just slowly start creeping into more and more decks in the format. You know, now, yeah. now the madness decks play survival and, you know, the survival decks don't even necessarily play nightmare. He was playing four, I think. Uh, it's too good. Black, green, so and red. He had some like kind of land destruction package. It was like a, um, it was like a, you know, quote unquote fair survival deck with uh, just a bunch of like land destruction loops and stuff like that. It's good, but it's not bannable yet. Survival? Yeah. I mean, it's easily the be- one of the best three cards in the format, but yeah. when you unban survival, there's absolutely no question that that's going to be the case. So, yeah. go back to old school real quick. So, his Titania song was really that good? Yeah, I think I think he played it well. And... Um, yeah, I the think it's I think show. it's fine. He wasn't even, he wasn't even playing blue actually. It was only four rounds, so yeah, it's it's a small sample size, but yeah, um, yeah I think four, uh, I think it's got legs for sure. Yeah, it, it was only four rounds, and it was like a pod, so it's not like you're you're yeah. being repaired up as you go. It's just like a random four guys that out of the field. Really cool though. I really like the card. I mean, it's an awesome. Yeah, card. yeah, it's a cool deck. It's just a prison deck. Junk, junk prison, basically. coming at you for a finish. Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially like a, it comes down as a big fireball, like your icy manipulators have already tapped on their guys, oh, okay. so you can just swing in for 10 all at once. Yeah, okay. Or, or, or more, or whatever. All, all, their, all their mocks and die when you play it, so you can kind of set up the right situation. Um, but yeah, that is the thing with the batch style, that like you're not necessarily playing... You know, by your fourth round, you're not playing somebody with four wins. You could be playing somebody with with zero wins, but right. um, still a notable feat. Yeah, yeah. Eight O is still sick. Bob, yeah. what were you playing for um, middle school? Because I liked your deck. Yeah, it was Yavamaya um, Fires. Yeah, it was sick. Talk, tell us about that thing. Uh, well, it's straight red green aggro with. Uh, some mana dorks and mid-range creatures uh, dealing blow for blows with blastoderms and river boas and uh, flame tongue kavu, um, yeah, and then four sapperling bursts, yeah, uh, which is an explosive uh, card to either go really wide or uh, tall. So, it people have been trying to tell me that the deck is bad. I very much beg to differ. I have had really good uh, experience with it, and yeah, I went three and three and one in middle school, and two and two in old school uh, for the event. Yeah, Bob. So, Bob balled me really hard. What was that enchantment you cited in? Oh, um, Sterling Grove. No, no, no I, I'm I'm the, mixing uh, my. It was the one that doesn't let me target creatures yeah. with removal. So, like, my swords and shit couldn't it, be used against his dudes. A, two and a green, and it's uh, foliage or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something that, foliage. That was a bomb. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, turn off your swords and 
Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that uh, Myth also, speaking of green enchantments, had hit the sideboard of his uh, Raxar deck super tilted against blue decks. I think he was playing like three to four choke and four copies of um, City of Solitude. Yeah. A yeah. really, really yeah, aggressive amount. So, you know, or is amazing. Uh, City of Solitude is a super strong card in, in, in the right deck. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think so, it's fantastic. Turn yeah. off all those force of wills. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he, he came across a blue deck or two to absolutely take yeah. advantage of that. That's a very aggressive sideboard plan. For the same reason, I'm really loving River Boa right now because there's just so many decks that, uh, it just, you just have a really quick clock, you know, and if you land a second River Boa, they, there won't be no way to keep up. Yeah. Boa's sick. All those islands. So, Absolutely. I think attacking blue is, is a strong play. Yeah. I mean, if I were to put a sideboard together, I would be thinking about red decks and I'd be thinking about, yeah, black, green graveyard based decks for sure. I'd, I'd be yeah. thinking about survival mm-hmm. and, and, and red decks. You know what? Deed is, Deed is probably the best card against the fires deck. Um, it's just something you have to play around it. You have to race it. You have to uh, get them to overcommit to the deed early and then drop more, you know, threats behind it. So uh, it's, it's funny that there isn't really a good, other than playing around it, there's no, there's no card that is better than, you know, they can stop a deed, you know, especially when it gets dropped with plenty of mana behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, deed is deed is a hell of a card. Sometimes it can be too slow. Sometimes it cannot do enough. But um, I think it's the thing that makes the rock like a you know a fifty fifty deck as they call it. It just gives you game against everything. Yeah. Well, big ups to Myth. Big up, big ups. Yeah, to Myth yeah. Is right. That was he sweet. did a gr- he did a great job drawing from the from the our, secondary Lord, library. One of our Lord Doctors, one of our, our many out there. Yeah. Our, our, yeah. Doctor of He's spreading the fear and rumors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he, but to give, to give him credit, he's, he's holed up in, uh, out West where things were a little rougher at the beginning of this. So. Shoot. Hope, hope all of, uh, hope, hope he and all of our friends out everywhere are staying healthy. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Yeah. Lovely. That sounds like a, that sounds like a nice cap to the night's proceedings. Um, Anything y'all wanted to, to add in before we, before we sign off for tonight? Find me on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously Bob's on TikTok. TikTok star now. Yeah. Well, (laughs) not basic land on TikTok. Smash that, smash those mute and unfollow buttons. (laughs) Sanders, thanks for uh, joining us. I'm yeah, glad we could um, sh- yeah, dude. finally any get you on here. Yeah, what a treat. Good to see all you guys. Yeah. Back yeah. at you. Glad you're doing well in your yeah. uh, in your wonderful cave of, of yeah, toys. I hope, hope you get that hot tub soon. <laughs> in your vault of treasures. <laughs> in your, yeah, we got to add some video oh, content yeah. just to yeah, show this. Show us around the room. Yeah, give us a tour. Smithsonian oh, my goodness. Of, oh, Look at geez. this. All right, mm-hmm. all right. I'm gonna stop. Through. I'm gonna I stop. Right no, 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 stop. This Star is Wars. This Keep is so going. dope. Yeah. You gotta Beautiful. respect Thanks, a man buddy. that knows what he wants. All right, peace out, guys. We'll talk yeah. to you hey, soon. Guys. I'll talk to you later. Good all night, right, guys. be good. Night. Thanks again. I haven't lost my